It's difficult having to open another episode like this. It was a tough week for the culture, tough week for me, tough week for rap fans, whether in NYC or around the world. I want to say rest in peace to Pop Smoke and send my prayers and condolences to his family, friends, loved ones, business affiliates. Uh, we have to find a way to protect our own in this culture. He was a bubbling star. He's going to come up quite a bit in this episode, um, but you know we're here to pod and we're here to pay respect and pay tribute to someone who was really going to shift the culture. With that, live from Cerebral Sound Studios, it is Stay Busy with Armand Sadler. Mistakes, we're here, you know. The show must go on. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Stay Busy with Armand Sadler, where we have responsible discussions on the music business and the music culture, and we have some fun and we banter as well. I am vegan, chorizo poppy, three mile Monday poppy, baby face assassin, all of those things. The host at Honcho. I'm here with my guy, the EP, Mr. Circles, Mr. Major Stage, in-studio performance, <laughs> all, all the nicknames. How, how you feeling, sir? What's up, y'all? How you doing? My name is Nick Early, co-hosting and executive producer of Stay Busy with Armand Sadler. We're excited to be here, y'all. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting week. It's been an interesting week, and yeah, so here we are, man. Yeah, I'll admit, it was a very terrible week for me. Um, but I was looking forward to coming here and potting. Uh, this is, uh, it's, it's fun and this is therapy. And we're going you know, to celebrate these people. Their, their, their lives, lo- rather losing them has been difficult. But uh, they contributed so much to us that all we can do is um, continue on their legacies yeah. and keep them, keep them alive. Okay. So I want to give a big shout out to anyone who's tuning in, any first time listeners, any returning listeners, regardless of what platform you use, where you're listening, what type of socks you have on. How you like your steaks, fried, scrambled, poached. How you like uh, your steak. Did I say steak? No. How you like your eggs, fried, scrambled, Ooh, Messing yeah. up the, yes. How you like your steak, medium, well, rare, uh, breathing, you know. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Uh, What shampoo or conditioner you use, whether you prefer Snickers or Twix, whatever your Zodiac sign is. That's That's so bogus. Uh, Whether you're you're team iPhone or Android. And if you don't think the Lakers are going to win it all this year, which is pretty crazy to me. But hey, they're charged up. I think they're going to. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm looking forward to that West finals between them and the Clippers. That is going to be, especially with Markeith on the Lakers now, Marcus on the Clippers. um, Paul George and Kawhi actually, you know, not doing all this low management stuff and playing. So. (laughs) You know, it'll be it'll be interesting. I want to give a big, big shout out to my boy Icy Miz uh, with the photography. I see the boy. I um, see. Yeah, yeah. That's that's I uh, see. you, you got to make that a tag or something for a video. Yeah, yeah facts. Uh, big shout out to Anchor, our distribution platform. If you do not know by now, Anchor will distribute your podcast for free to all of the platforms you want to use, and you can get some sponsored ads regardless of your listenership. And of course, shout out to our studio, Cerebral Sound Studios, and John Solomon with the mixing. Yeah, John. Lots to chat about this week. The weekend announced his album title, album cover. Um, yeah. After Hours will be releasing in March. 
I believe he said March 20th. Yeah. Um, and he released the title track After Hours this week, a six-minute single. It's the third single uh, from his upcoming six-studio album. Um, for me so far, I, I, I definitely like the song. I felt it had a lot of elements of all of his career, Trilogy Weekend, Kissland Weekend, Beauty Behind the Madness right, Weekend. Right, 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 Um, And this rollout, for me, feels very similar to the rollout for Starboy. He led with the title track, Starboy, which uh-huh. was like a kind of hip-hop, uh, pop R&B hybrid, and then yeah. he went to... I feel it coming. No, no, no. The next single was False Alarm, mm-hmm. which was like a dance electronic type record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he he followed up with I Feel It Coming. And this album, he led with Heartless. That was a Metro booming hip hop type hybrid track. And then, yeah, yeah. I, I like it. Blinding Lights <laughs> is like some 80s pop dance type stuff. Yeah. And then we get After Hours, which is somewhat more of his moody R&B, but it still has some like pop elements to it. I love that. Me too. Me too. Now, there's a lot of weekend purists who I've I've debated with time and time again, yeah, yeah, just yeah. about how you know they want him to go back to the trilogy weekend. They want the moody, the dark, and I, I feel that you know, like yeah. every artist that we like, their their debut album sits with us. Their debut project exactly. sits with us in a certain way, and it it, it provides that nostalgia, and it's something that we want to go towards when we right. don't like how they've evolved. Me personally, I've loved to see how the weekend's evolved. He's become this huge megastar. Yeah. Like, uh, we talked about it in, in, in one episode with um, when he was on the, what was that movie? Like the sex movie. Um, oh, Fifty Shades. Fifty Shades. Yeah. Like b- being on that sex. soundtrack. <laughs> sex hey, man. They, yeah, yeah. They, was, they was getting it yeah, in there. Yeah. I haven't seen But um, yeah, like the, that moment really like took him to the next level. Yeah. And so, you know, the music he makes caters to, to a lot of people now. It does. He transcends R&B. He does. But he, does. He, he did go back to that trilogy type stuff with the project My Dear Melancholy in 2018, which I really liked. I run that back pretty often. I did run. I run it. I ran it like once mm-hmm. or twice. I mean, it wasn't bad. I mm-hmm. didn't find it to be bad, but I like. I like this weekend. His sound obviously is. It opens. It's to everyone. Yeah. It's for everyone. It, it's elements. If you like pop and you listen to pop, you're gonna find some weekend in your playlist. He can like, give you a collab yeah, with Lana yeah. Ray, and then he could collab with Gucci, and then it, he could come back and do some stuff. That's why I love. Like, I love punk. that. Yeah. I love seeing black artists just being free. And yeah. I think that also at the same time, it's like, you know, weekend purists who want him to be this dark, you know, moody, depressed figure. It's like, you have to remember that art is a reflection of where we're at, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, he had departed from that because, you know, I think he went wanted to elevate his career status mm-hmm. into that global phenom that he's become. Yeah, And then he's, I think he's come back and say, like, what, you know, because I'm sure he hears this stuff about, like, where's the weekend, the old weekend that we love? Mm-hmm. And so I think he's come back and come with a nice blend of both. And I think in these three things that he showed us, it's like, oh no, y'all gonna get all three of me, mm-hmm. like all the stuff that I can do. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Absolutely. Uh, recent news yesterday, uh, this this past week, we found out Paul Rosenberg is stepping down from Def Jam as the chairman uh, CEO. He held the role since 2018 and had been working with the label since 2017. Complex did a report on it and said that his departure was peaceful. Uh, in the interim, Jeffrey uh, Harlison who is currently Universal Music Group's general counsel and their vice president of business and legal affairs, is going to take over the role. Yeah. Paul Rosenberg has a long history uh, in hip-hop working with successful artists like Eminem, of course, 50 Cent, Cypress Hill, Action Bronson, Danny Brown. Uh, with mm-hmm. Eminem in particular, he's got extremely close ties. He's been in skits on his albums. Yeah. Uh, Shady Records is their joint venture under Interscope, and they're host to artists like Eminem, of course, mm-hmm. Griselda, Benny the Butcher, Con- uh, Conway, The Machine, West Side Gun. Bad Meets Evil, which is a duo, uh, Royce the Five Nine and Eminem, and then Boogie, who is um, under uh, Love Renaissance's management. They have uh, Black, Summer Walker, and, and Dram. Dram? 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 
I think it's I think it's dram. Dram. Yeah. Some yeah. people say drama. It throws dram. me off. I think it's dram. Um, and they also worked together on Goliath, the artist management company. That's where he represented Eminem for uh, two decades. Right. Um, so Def Jam, definitely a staple in, in hip hop. Uh, they've got a crazy roster now. Kanye, Pusha T, 2 Chains, YG, and they're all under their own specific uh, subsidiaries. Yeah. But um, yeah, Def Jam's been, been doing it for a while. Now, as of late, and this is just me reporting, it's not my, my specific opinion, they've been under a lot of critique because they've, uh, people have felt they've had some trouble transitioning into the way music is now with mm-hmm. streaming, with farming talent, with developing talent. Yeah. Um, I, I went to a listening party for one of their artists, uh, Pyrex, and um, he's, he's an artist from Toronto. He had uh, a Dave East feature. He's, he's closely tied to 1985 and 40, who, who worked with uh, Drake over at OVO. So they definitely had some potential. Uh, like the, they had the 2 Chains album last year mm-hmm. uh, that LeBron A&R'd, which I enjoyed. Uh, sp- that was good. Yeah, there was, there was mixed reviews on that. So you know, and it's it's kind of just the reality. Like, you know, there are going to be different people leading at different times. Like Rockefeller ran the early two thousands. Now yeah. you've got kind of Atlantic just with with a stranglehold on the on on the industry. <laughs> so you know, it it could be an indictment against Def Jam and what they're doing, but it's also some some labels have just transitioned better into what music is now, and they're and they've they've kind of figured it out. Regardless, you know, we wish Paul Rosenberg the best of luck with what he's doing. He's going to be focusing on basically all of his joint ventures right, with, exactly. with Eminem. Uh, Benny the Butcher this week tweeted about, uh, he, he sent Drake a record, you know, uh, Drake and B-Dot talked about it in Drake's title rap radar interview. B-Dot, mm-hmm. uh, when Drake showed love to Griselda just for, you know, the, the clicking up, the gritty rap. Uh, so B-Dot asked, you know, will we ever get a Drake-Benny the Butcher collab? And Drake said, I will be down. You know, Benny showed me love in an interview. So evidently, Benny sent him the record. Um, and he said, you know, once Drake sends it back, I know I'm going to want to drop it. I'm personally very excited to hear that. You all know I'm a Drake guy. I've become a big <laughs> Benny the Butcher fan over yeah. the last year. Um, so what I'm curious, well, actually, first, Twitter seemed split up about it when the, the interview came out. You know, half of the people felt like Drake was culture vulturing, you know, like capitalizing oh on, on a big rap movement. Um, uh, also, especially because people have been calling for Drake to just make a pure rap album so, you know, he can work with, uh, with rappers like these and maybe bring something different out of himself. And then the other half is like, well, Drake's giving a really big look to a deserving artist. Like yeah. what Griselda's done over the last three years globally by themselves, um, it, it only makes sense for them after, you know, uh, with their connection to Jay-Z, like getting, get it working with Drake. They've already worked with Pusha T. Um, Benny the Butcher's worked with Black Thought, Westside and Conway constantly collab with Eminem and Royce the Five Nine and other right. respectable rappers. So at this point, it's like it to me, it makes sense for for a Drake and Benny the Butcher collab to happen. And I'm really interested in. I'm that. excited to hear Drake. I love when Drake. I, that's why I don't understand the vulture argument with Drake. Like one, how can in this instance specifically, how can he vulture his own culture? They do <laughs> hardcore rap, like it's rap, mm-hmm. like. This is the most rapid, rip, rapidy type stuff that you're gonna get. Right. So it's like, how, one, how is he vulturing that? Mm-hmm. Two, he's not a vulture to begin with because he's doing the same thing I said before. If Drake experiments and tries something, and we're gonna get into this later, if he experiments and tries something, he tips his hat to the person who was known in that genre by either featuring them on the record. Or showing them love in videos, mm-hmm. some sort of he, Drake will acknowledge them very forwardly about like that they are the person that he is just you know basically he's stepping into their arena yep. and and enjoying the the sound that it is. And also the man grew up in Toronto. Toronto is a melting pot. Mm-hmm. Y'all gotta relax. <laughs> like 
Stop acting like Drake is from Kansas or somewhere. Like, <laughs> <Kansas>. <laughs> I don't know if I know any rappers from Kansas. I don't either. Uh, but the point is, like, shout out to the rappers in Kansas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if y'all is in the Kansas, yeah, they're about to blow up this decade, right? But I don't know. Yeah, I'm excited for Drake and Benny. That's gonna be cool. Who do you think is gonna have the better verse? I think Drake. But mm-hmm. I mean, they, they rap though. Like, yeah, the Griselda guys, they rap. I mean, mm-hmm. so like, I, I'm I'm interested in how it's gonna come out because if you look at a track like Gold Roses where Drake, you know, raps alongside Ross when he gives one of those like sing songy melodic hooks, I'm like, yeah. it works. So, um, they were joking about it today uh, this past week on the Joe Button podcast. Um, like he's gonna be like, oh, girl from Buffalo, <laughs> so, yeah. like that, yeah. like some real soft stuff. So it, it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Um, speaking of Joe Button, this past week he dropped the pull up with uh, Big Sean. I thought it was a really cool conversation. I've always been a fan of Big Sean. Yeah. Seeing him be so mature, seeing him speak about the mental health, seeing him talk about therapy as a black man, as a rapper. Because, um, you know, I think a lot more rappers do need to, you know, look into therapy and they really do. take inventory of yes. themselves and their emotions, you know, making music, all the fun, all, all, all the glamour, like Fame. it's cool, but it, it can get to you and, and it can ruin you. Yeah. So um, it was really cool seeing seeing them connect on that level because Joe's definitely had had a rebrand himself and he's been a lot more about the mental health and just tri- uh, growing and being more mature as men. And, and like, it, it, you know, they're, they're late 30s, well, Sean's early 30s, Joe's late 30s. And, you know, it, it happens for everyone at different times. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Very quickly, Janae Iko dropping her third studio album, Chilombo, March Amen. 6th. Looking forward to that. I really yes. enjoyed her singles. Yes. Um, so far, we've gotten Triggered. We've gotten uh, None of Your Concern featuring Big Sean and uh-huh. Pussy Fairy. Um, she actually put out a clean version of that recently because uh, some some parents were complaining about their kids hearing it. So that was funny. This, <laughs> that's an aside. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this past week, we had another rapper stepping into the, um, the music world. Dwayne Wade was featured on a track with Rick Ross, season ticket holder, along with Raphael Sadiq. And Udonis Haslam had an outro at the end. Freaking Haslam. That's my yeah, guy, yo. Yeah, he yeah. used to be automatic from the short corner. Dang. Miami Heat staples right there. And, you know, uh, R- Ross and Wade have always had a really strong relationship. Um, so it was it was cool for Ross to um, to collab with him. Like a lot of people were kind of making fun of the verse, calling it like a, a Make a Wish Foundation uh-huh. verse. I, I I didn't think it was half bad. Um, some people felt like Make Ross Ross wow. wrote it. It definitely sounded like the cadence and flow uh, of, of Ross, Ross. But I would say Wade performed it well enough. Like it's it, it's he's 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 not a, a uh, he's not a rapper. <laughs> yeah, like he's he's never gonna be a Damian Lillard. You right. know, he's never gonna be a masterpiece. But right. you know, for for this, it was it was fun. It was cool. The, the video was cool too. If you haven't seen it, check it out. You know, it's funny. I actually met D Wade this past week. Yeah, he came, yeah, he came to my job. Um, he's a really cool dude, man. He's really cool. He seems like it. Yeah, he was just he just dapped me up like a regular dude. Like so, shout out to D Wade. Shout out to D Wade for being cool. Man. And last, uh, Jada Kiss and Pusha T put out a song called Hunting Season. It was basically them saying, you know, we're going to kill all these rappers. It's just a very aggressive, hard, hard rap track. I heard it. I enjoyed it. Uh, they actually removed it from streaming services in lieu of the current climate uh, surrounding yeah. hip hop, violence, and death, yeah. uh, which I thought was a really, really good look on their part. So shout out to them. Be aware. Um, just for being aware, being responsible, yeah. being conscious, thinking about, you know, where people are at. Some things might trigger people. It might have um, been a, P, a publicist that did it. It was like, oh, y'all shouldn't do this. But yeah, which, anyways, which, is, a, which is a good so, yeah. publicist. That's yeah. that's kind of their job. You know, you got to think about how something's going to be received, not just, yeah. you know, how you're intending to put it out. Exactly. That being said, what are you uh, sipping on today, bro? I'm sipping on some uh, white tea. Now, people don't know about white tea. White tea is that good tea. It's actually like a, more of a rare tea. Like, you don't find it that much, but 
Um, white tea is one of my favorite teas. Mm. Um, it actually fights bacteria in your mouth and plaque growth. So it gets rid of that halitosis. Important. So if y'all got halitosis, there's no excuse for a bad breath. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> there's gum. Judgmental boys. <laughs> there's gum. There's mints. Always check yourself. Make sure your mouth is clean. That's offensive. It's offensive to me. If you come up in my space, stanking up my... <laughs> oh, my God. So anyways, drink, get you some white tea and drink that, man. It sounds sounds uh, like a productive tea. It's also tea. good for anti-aging for your skin, too. So. There we go. This week's Half and Half is featuring our host's words, Armand Sadler. So I'm going to pitch it off to Armand to talk about this. Thank you. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to uh, speak about this article. This week, I wrote a tribute to um, Pop Smoke. Uh, it was I literally wrote it maybe like three hours after I found out about his passing. It was very, very tough uh, for me. found out at work. Um, Pop is someone who I, I was becoming a, a very big fan of. Um, what I like to do with music, I listen in the gym. I talked about this episode four, I believe. Um, that That's kind of my test for if I enjoy something. Pop Smoke's music was perfect for the gym, man. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely perfect. Yeah. The energy, the spirit, you know, mm-hmm. the the drum patterns, all mm-hmm. that. Um, and, I, you know, he's young. He's 20, 20 years old, four years younger than us and killing it. You know, uh, recently a, a snippet leaked of him rapping over Fabulous is So Into You beat. And mm-hmm. then on his most recent project, Meet the Woo 2, the deluxe, he had a song of PMB Rock. And it showed that he can step outside the normal drill stuff. And like he was yeah. really thinking, like, all right, I, I need to make different type of music to last. Obviously, he was working with pop, with uh, Travis Scott. He had a feature on the Jack Boys project. So it seemed like he was positioning himself to take it from this Brooklyn drill uh, dude who was really leading the movement to becoming a star. And yeah. you know, a lot of people were comparing him to 50 Cent. 50 Cent had an affinity, affinity for him. They had a relationship. Um, he was working with Steven Victor, who's over at Def Jam. He works with Pusha T, and he's an absolute genius with um, his just the way he operates in business. Mm-hmm. So all that to say, very, very difficult loss. Um, you know, And w- when we think about everyone who we've lost recently, Kobe, Nipsey, Mac, Juice World, the list goes on and on. It's just, it's like we wake up every day and it's, and some of us are in fear like who, who are we gonna who are we gonna lose next mm-hmm. and it's, it's morbid it, it feels it, it it really sucks to think about but it's just the reality of the situation um so yeah just just some stuff i wrote about it's funny uh, when i found out about pop smoke it was with the, the track welcome to the party everyone was like oh this is the song of the summer i heard it i was like oh this is cool it, right. it, it wasn't my pick but when i got into his full-length projects songs like dior songs like meet yeah. the woo songs like invincible the dior remix with gunna like he's he he really really had stuff going for him so very difficult for me um I, we will be posting the link to the article if you all want to check it out but um yeah just i it, it was important for me to to speak on him a bit more you know someone lost a family member a loved one a friend a business partner someone won't be able to text him again um and it's you know and a, a lot of people were th- uh directing anger at tmz which is understandable um it, it's it's tough being a uh, publication or a platform Pop that, that has to report these things. And everyone's first thought is, did, did, did the family know? Does the family know? And yeah. it, I definitely think it's important for the family to know, but I don't think us being angry with the publication at this time is going to solve anything. You know, uh, TMZ is always going to do their job. They're a very uh, notable outlet. So like things are going to come to them first. They're, they're you know, they're, they're obviously they investigate things very well and they're just very aware. Um, so I just feel like, you know, it's really important for us to focus on what's important at this time, healing, being there for one another, showing love to one another. So I wrote about a lot of things. It was a, it was a stream of consciousness, but I just felt it was very important. So again, rest in peace to pop smoke and forever 
the woo. Yeah. Real quick on that. I just wanted to say that, you know, for me, when I was thinking about it, like the hardest part of a lot of this stuff is when we lose somebody in the culture is for me working in a space where people don't necessarily look like <laughs> us is when you go to work and it's sort of, you have to go and step into this other world as if I wasn't doing enough code switching already. If I, if, and you step into this world where people don't, one, they haven't heard of this person. They couldn't care less. You know what I'm saying? And it's just kind of like in a space where like, don't y'all know what is happening? Like, haven't y'all seen? It's just, it's having to live in that reality of living a sort of two lives thing where you go to work and you have to kind of forget about it in a way yeah. because no one else is there is going to talk about it. You have no one to speak to towards it. There's one, there's one guy who works in the crew that I get to speak with. He's a brother. Shout out Dave. Um, and he's, he's, you know, I lean on him a lot when it comes to like cultural things. We just talk about a lot of stuff, but he wasn't there that day. So I was like, I mean, he was, but you know, it was one of the situations where he got to talk about it like later on in the day, but it's kind of like, it's just frustrating. I don't know. I'm just, no, I don't know is. what my point was there, but I just more so just saying like, yeah, that's how kind of I was dealing with it because I wasn't necessarily like a pop smoke fan, but I didn't hate him, his music. I enjoyed it. I thought he was going to be very successful and it's just frustrating yeah. to hear how, you know, how, how he left this earth. Yeah. No, I, I had a similar experience at my job. A lot of people were coming up and asking me cause I'm the, I'm the black guy. I'm, I'm the guy who they know enjoys yeah, rap music. So like, go. Oh, did you see the headlines? Like what happened? And like, it was it, of course I saw. like it, it was tough for me to like deal with. So it was tough for me to talk about. And like someone at work, like put his music on immediately. And it was just like really sur- surreal, like hearing his stuff, knowing he's not he, like, he's not going to be able to record any music. Like they might have stuff in the tuck that's going to come out later posthumously, but he's not going to be able to record anymore. And, you know, like I said, I, I know he only had more stuff he was planning to work on. Yeah. So one more time, rest in peace to pop smoke. I want to get into the employee of the week. I want to give a big shout out to Sator Sakudo. Sator is a freelance photographer from New York City. He attended Syracuse University. Man, it seems like a lot of people who we end up shouting out are Syracuse University students. Syracuse different. Yeah, they're very different with the with the people in yeah in entertainment. Um, so Sator shot the legendary Megan The Stallion picture from this summer holding the Duce bottle. She had her tongue out. Uh, I remember Duce like quoted it, and they're like, "Yo, pull up to our next event." Uh, he shot Drake's performance at Camp Flogna. He went out to Paris Fashion Week where Pop Smoke was present. He actually has some photos of that. On his Instagram, um, Mac Miller, LL Cool J, DMX, Kanye West, and Saint when they did their um, when they did a uh, Sunday service in New York City. Freddie Gibbs, The Weekend, No Name, uh, on and on. Like you can go to his website, uh, com to see it all. I've run into him casually, whether it's been just in the financial district at at people's birthday parties within the industry. We caught up at Rolling Loud New York City podcast pop ups. He makes it a point to be everywhere, but he always makes time for a conversation, which I really appreciate. Uh, he's been reposted multiple times by uh, the legendary Elliot Wilson from Title. Uh, one thing that he's spoken on is, uh, you know, photography grind is not easy, but you have to be there. You never know when you're going to catch that shot that an artist uses as their profile picture on social media or a part of their press kits. And we actually had a conversation very recently where he said, you know, he's at the point now where his portfolio is so he has so much volume and it's so dynamic that he can be more selective. In, in the shows he goes to shoot, which is a, a beautiful place to be at. Like, goal, like yeah. putting in this much work, and I think he graduated Q's 2015, 2016. 
So putting in this much work over the years where he can kind of be like, oh, no, I don't need to be there. I'm good. I, I've yeah. shot that person The Grammys, already. I'm good. Yeah, you know, it's like, <laughs> wow. Yeah, true, bro. Well, all right. That's very inspirational. So yeah, one more time, shout out to Sator Sekudo. Yeah. And it's time to slide, so you know what we're doing. The best song wasn't the single, but you weren't either. Oh, yeah. All right. So this week we want to pay tribute to, uh, we're calling it our Fallen Angels slide deck. Uh, basically, the, the artists who matter to us that we've lost recently. We want to play some of their music. I'm going to let Nick kick it off. Uh, who, what you got this week, bro? I got a really great song. Last track on Victory Lap. This is Right Hand of God by the great Nipsey Hussle. So small, stick to my script and just ball. First, I pick up my bitch and we shut down the mall. Had to pick up the tip, she tried to pay for it all. Bring some gap with my plate, garlic noodles and steak. Bouncing out the ballet with all these tats on my face. People looking like, hey, black niggas stay in your place. But it's some shit they gon' think, and it's some shit they gon' say. Got to a brick from my A. See that music's my fate. Switched it up from out my trunk went to the top of my state. And I'm Versace my waist, like Tupac in his hay. Ron Williams, how I built this all money estate. Whoa! Man. <laughs> Nipsey's music these days, it's starting to sound like holy. It it's it's hitting in a different level. It's yeah. Just, spiritually for me, it is hitting at a different level. I run back Victory Lap quite frequently. That's a gym album. Uh, <laughs> uh, a lot of Blue Laces too, I just zone out, man. I hit Blue Laces too on the train mm. and just get lost in that third verse when he's talking about like the whole story and anything. But anyways, to this song. There's one part in the second verse that we didn't get to get to for time, but it says, put my right hand to Jesus, fly like an eagle, fight with these demons, shine light on my people. Mm. I got chills just saying that now. Like that was so his essence and like everything that he was working towards. And it's still, it's not even a year later, but it still hasn't hit. I mean, it still hasn't come to be like a realization. I haven't accepted it. Yeah. Um, But anyways, you know. R.I.P. to Nip, the greatest. Absolutely. I'm going to follow up with Perfecto. This is by Mac Miller, produced by T.Y. That was produced by Mike McKee, oh, so sorry. Oh, my bad. You good. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it ain't perfect, but I don't mind Because it's worth it who really has the time at all? It ain't perfect, but I don't mind. Cause 
Just on the surface, I look so fine But really I'm bugging, bugging Like it's something out of nothing Yeah, as hard as it gets Cool, calm, and collected Holding my breath, this ain't what I expected Don't argue to death, pull my heart out my chest The card is all on the table, I'm calling it Don't say it, I swallow it When living off of borrowed time Often I'm on the fence, on the line Adding up what's on my mind My feet on the clouds, head on the ground Yeah, we going down, bet you know me now I'm treading water, I swear And if I drown, I don't care They calling for me from the shore I need more Man, same experience for me with Mac. Mac, um, there's something so beautiful to me about swimming and how he accepted that he was broken, but he was working towards improving himself. You know, mm -hmm. I think, I think there's, you know, self awareness is so important and recognizing that we're flawed, but that doesn't mean that we're bad people. And there's Honestly. there's work that we can do. Uh, so swimming, like that's that's one of those albums. Like if I just ever need to, like you know, calm down, I'm 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 in like a crazy place. Like swimming really helps. And this track in particular, I was listening to it yesterday, and I was like, yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be my deep cut. I love I love Mac singing voice. Like it, it wasn't the most like it. He's it wasn't not a singing yeah, voice. Like, he's not yeah. he's not an R and B singer. Yeah. But like it, like the raspiness, the rawness of it. Like yeah. you you felt the emotion, and that's that's what that I talked about. That's like that's all we could ask for. Yeah, is to feel yeah. something, and just the way he evolved musically. You know, he was like one of those backpack rappers when he was a teenager, mm -hmm. and then he shifted into like jazz type stuff and more instrumental stuff, working yeah. with. Anderson Pack working with John Bellion, who you really Thundercat. love, Thundercat. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, I, Mac is okay. Mac is he's he, he's one of the examples of evolving and transitioning into different types of music and doing it seamlessly. So major shout out to Mac. Of course, if you want to hear these deep cuts, and we are going to make a Fallen Angels uh, playlist uh, with tracks from all all the artists that we've lost recently to celebrate them in their memory. Uh, check out the Slide Deck playlist though on all platforms, and of course, send us some slides and we'll we'll play them. Uh, ready for the board meeting today, bro? I am. I am prepared. All right. Today we want to discuss appropriation to an extent, uh, hip hop and R&B's gradual reach into other genres. Um, there are artists that, aren't, uh, that aren't necessarily of the culture, but they have derived influence from it. So we want to talk about, you know, we want to, we want to dis uh, distinguish appropriation from experimentation. Yeah, and um, we and whether or not these artists are allowed to do it, and their commentary on the culture, because there's there's a lot of different examples of this. So, um, let's first jump into artists that we feel have quote unquote taken the sound. So, who yeah. who are some examples of of that for you? People who have taken the sound, and when we say taken, it's more so I guess taken is I guess very like it it implies connotatively it implies that they stole or right. anything like that, and that's not what we're saying. But yeah. like. People who are don't not necessarily look like us, but mm -hmm. are doing music that is yeah. catering to us. Um, obviously, Biebs, that's my guy. Mm -hmm. I love Justin Bieber's music. Yeah. Not a shame. Everything. I mean, he's been working with a lot of people. Uh, people Usher um, is one of, the, one of the main people that kind of put him on. Yeah. You know, Usher Luda did the Baby remix. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so he got those cosigns yeah. that he needed within the culture Early. that were relevant. I mean, see, we lead the culture. Period. Yeah. So like. That's it. if you don't get down with us, he was, he was welcomed yeah. into the culture. Yeah, of course, yeah. because I mean it's merit based. It was mm -hmm. meritocracy. Like the boy could sing, he could do dance, he could play instruments, all that stuff. So right. he has his talent aside. Like that's why he deserves to be at the spot he's at. Right. Um, working with Pooh Bear too. Pooh Bear is a, a really amazing producer. 
um, who's produced a lot of uh, Justin's stuff, um, and they work together a lot on a lot of uh, a lot of his albums, um, and it's cre- created a lot of his like the mature that R and B sound that that hip hop sound um, that he has. I think Justin uh, Bieber is someone that I necessarily don't like look at as a vulture. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think he's paid his dues. Mm-hmm. I think he collaborates with a lot of artists, and nothing in it that he does to me ever seems malicious. Right. Uh, I think he's not that figure. Yeah. He's not a. He's a very humble figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that at the end of the day, it's just great music. Yep. Same with Timberlake, and yeah. I've actually got into a lot of debates about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like he's someone who, very talented artist, dancer, he can do it all, and an entertainer. He's an entertainer. Absolutely. Right. Um, he's a legend in my mind right and I don't know if a while back you remember when I did on my Instagram story this sort of like the the, the polls music, the, yeah. the polls debates I, so basically for people who don't know uh, a long time ago on, on my story I did this kind of random like pitting artists against each other and the artist that I put against each other was Timberlake and Usher mm. and it was really 50-50 but for me which is the most interesting part of the results was when I looked at who answered what a lot of my Friends that aren't black pick Justin Timberlake. Mm-hmm. A lot of my friends that were black pick Usher. And it was so interesting to me to think of this, like, in this little social experiment that I thought I was doing, <laughs> was I feel like in a lot of ways, they're not the same person. I'm not going to say they're the same person, but I would say the music that they make, the things that they do kind of are similar, but they cater to different audiences completely, right? right. Um, and I think that's all about Justin's sound is black, like, period. Pharrell and Timbo mm-hmm. made him. Like, if I would love to argue with someone about that. Mm-hmm. Pharrell and Timbo made Justin Timberlake. Yeah, you always bring up the point today, about right. uh, Justified. Justified yeah. was written originally for it, Michael Jackson. Uh, that's, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I forget where exactly I heard that. But um, yeah, he had written it um, for Michael and then pitched it to Justin when Michael's team turned it down. Mm-hmm. And here we are. But um, yeah, I think that Timberlake... He obviously has an undeniable influence and is a longtime collaborator, but like, I think that in a lot of ways, I have to acknowledge that he is someone who is profiting in another lane from our sound. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like, Do you in, don't until yeah, I feel like in a way, like all the music that the people, like I say, from the poll that don't look like us, that like that. Mm-hmm. It's a black sound that they like, right? right? I'm saying it's just a it's a it's a white figure, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And then that's that's not a problem. That's not problematic in there, you know. Justin's from the South. He's yeah. from he's from Tennessee, so it's like yeah. I'm sure he, all the music that he was in great you know, as a kid, he was seeing different stuff. And Justin's a great person too, yeah. from what I've seen from all the the documentaries and interviews. Just as his, he has no blemishes on his thing other than the Janet. <laughs> <laughs> he has no blemishes on his yeah. on his track record, yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, those are two people that I think that um, we have to acknowledge that, yes, there are figures. Um, and I think they've done a great responsibility, I think, on the good side of making black music being themselves mm-hmm. and being true to it. And I think also acknowledging that. Yeah. Because I think in interviews, they have spoken towards it, too. So For sure. Last, um, who do you think? I would throw Post Malone in there. Um, when he broke, it was with White Iverson. To me, that's very clearly a hip-hop rap type song. Um, you know, since then he's branched off a bit. He's become this huge pop star. Um, he's obviously influenced by rat, uh, rock. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's got a very trap sound to him, though. 
And there was an interview he did where he said, you know, I rap, but I don't make rap music. <laughs> what, what, before I go into it, what, what do you feel about that? What, what do you feel what? about that? Because I don't, I don't have a problem with post. I, I, I like post music. But what I don't like is people doing what we do and then kind of denouncing it right. in, in that way. I rap, but I'm not a rapper. Huh? What? Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. So go be a rock star. Go do all the other stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like the rap put him on. Like yeah. that put him on. Like, and that's the type of situation where I, I would throw out the word appropriation. Yeah. Personally. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just like, I'm, 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 I, I, like ever since I, I read the quote, I've been trying to process it. Like, Me too. Like, w- you know, thinking about the opposite side, like in what world would that make sense? Like, the, I guess it's like, don't put me in a box. The, it's the fair. don't put me in the box argument. Fair. You know, I, I mean, his, and also his music was a hybrid of, of hip hop. You know, what right. I'm it wasn't just all straight rapping, he right. was like rippity rapping, like over a track, you know, right. It was that sing rappy, could be pop, could be not, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, the man does numbers regardless. He does. He's super successful. Right. And like, again, I, I enjoy his music. Well, what I don't enjoy is when you're like one foot in, one foot out type yeah, stuff. Yeah, you can't be no lukewarm. Person. Yeah. Um, and we have examples of other artists who have been commenting on denouncing the culture. Uh, Billie Eilish recently made a comment on hip hop and rappers. Uh, the quote is, just because the story isn't real doesn't mean it can't, can't be important. This was in response to people uh, saying that her her music is made up. Her, her her and Phineas, her brother, like to create these these characters and to tell stories. Now she says there's a difference between lying in a song and writing a story. There are tons of songs where people are just lying. There's a lot of that in rap right now from people that I know who rap. It's like I got my AK-47 and I'm fucking and I'm like, what? You don't have a gun and all my bitches. I'm like, what bitches? That's posturing and that's not what I'm doing. She also said that Bad Guy was inspired by Isaiah Rashad and JID songs. Now. I don't disagree with Billie Eilish's comments. There is a lot of cap in rap. There, there's a lot of lying. We've just come yeah. to accept it as a culture. It's it's, it's part funny. of the performance. It's, it's fun. It's, it's bravado. It's part yeah. of the performance. You know. What I'm right. So like, I, I lying gives it a negative connotation. Yeah. Because like, a, a, there's a lot of artists, rappers who who tell stories just like she does. They, they, they create characters. Um. They you know like concept albums will be these long narratives where they'll, they'll tell a story. So I, I, I kind of took issue with, with it just the way the, the comment was postured uh, for lack of a better word. Like I, I get what she's saying and then I agree and there's truth to it. But again, when you're saying that you're inspired by these people and then you turn around and say, Oh, but you know, they're liars and there's a difference between what they do and what I do. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, at the end of the day, you're all storytelling and storytelling could be about something fictional. Right. But also who is she to say that kind of like, to say like what is and what's not their reality. Yeah. Because for most people that speak on that stuff, it is the reality, mm-hmm. but it's like, I know it wasn't her. Right, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find that it's really interesting that she's talking about. You know, like her songs were inspired by other people, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Your songs can be inspired, yeah. but like I said, I think it's the point of don't don't speak on something from what you you know you're not about. Mm-hmm. You know, and I find that someone like her is so young in the industry, and it's not that we can't call spades spades because that's yeah. why I make I, that's you know to her defense that might be what she was trying to say is like. You know, we hear that in rap that people, you haven't shot nobody, you haven't done this, but it's like, you're not a person to really be commenting on what people's lives is about, but I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like people do, people do posture, people do be faking, but yeah. like, that's a part of the, of the thing. It's like, yeah. 
you know, we're going to show off. That's a part of it. The bravado, like mm-hmm. we were saying. So. Yeah, that's that's the the nature of it. Uh, Miley Cyrus, uh, she had oh, songs God. like Twenty oh, Three, We Can't and Stop. I have parent. That song was hard. I'm not gonna front. I, I liked it. I liked <laughs> it back in the day. Um, <laughs> Let's boo ourselves for that. <laughs> I, I'm not ashamed. She put out an EP recently with a Sway Lee track and a Ghostface Killer track, and those are both dope. But anyways, um, yeah, she had her hip hop phase. We all know. And in a Billboard interview around 2017, she explained that her musical preferences had moved away from hip hop. But this was directly after she praised Kendrick Lamar's Humble. Now, she said she loved that song because it's not come sit on my dick, suck on my, you know, all that. Like I, and she said she can't listen to that anymore. And she said that's what pushed her out of the hip hop scene a little. It was too much Lamborghini, got my Rolex, got a girl on my, you know, all that. I, I'm, I'm so not that. Now, other comments in the, in, in the, in, in the interview, uh, it was a Billboard interview, indicated that she had viewed adopting elements of black culture, such as twerking, as a stylistic posture that she never intended to stick to. Again, that's kind of where no. I, I have an issue. No, Miley. You used us for a period of time to make some bangers, work with Juicy J, work with Wiz, work with Mike Mill made it, uh, Mike Will made it, uh, twerking on stage, getting into beasts with Nicki Minaj, all that, and then you, you turn around and you do this, like... Sure, that's not the hip hop that you like, but you are critiquing the nature of a genre that you utilized to do numbers. Yeah. That's where I draw an issue. It's a problem. Uh, we talked about Post Malone already. Um, now, why this came up for me uh, in the last couple of years, hip hop was recently named the most popular genre. Uh, Nielsen reported in 2017 that hip hop surpassed, hip hop music surpassed rock as the most popular genre. Uh, 20.9% of song consumption was of hip-hop songs. Buzz Angle reported in 2018 that the number had jumped to 24.7%, and the AAA Music reported that in 2019, eight out of the 10 most popular artists in music were hip-hop rap artists. So hip-hop has really you know, expanded, and as a result of that, certain artists who are outside of the culture seeing how profitable it is and how much yep. it's moving are naturally going to be influenced to say, oh, let, let me try my hand out of this. Like, uh, try my hand at this. Now, you know, like Bieber, for example, he's been making R&B music for, for a period of time in his career. He took some time off, you know, back in like 2016, he had that Let Me Love You song. He was doing more electronic type stuff. And then 2020, he comes with, you know, I'm, I'm about to be R&B Bieber again. And a lot of people felt like that was just interesting timing. You know, he'd been away for a while. Uh, Yummy comes out. He's trying to get the number one. He has Meg the Stallion do that breakfast, uh, hot girl breakfast video where they're all twerking, making eggs. And then like he throws Summer Walker on, on the Yummy remix, which you know, like it's, it's understandable. And, and it's not like he's, he's doing it just for the sake of getting numbers because he's collaborated with so many people within the culture before, but the timing of it is what makes people look at it a certain way. Um, is, is acknowledgement the issue here? I, I personally feel that, uh, yes, yes, it is. I feel like you have to, you can't, I, I came up with this analogy where it's like, it, it's like, a presidential candidate going hard to secure the vote of a certain d- demographic only to then turn around and say, oh, these people are stupid. These people are lazy, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, you needed them to, to win your election. You needed them when you needed them. Yeah. And then now that you got what you want, you wanted, you can turn around and say, oh, well, they're, they're stupid. They're this. I don't really get along with them. Stuff like that. So yeah, that's kind of where my frustration comes. Like, as we talked about earlier, people like Justin Timberlake, people like Bieber have, have, have experimented with the culture. They've been responsible in their use of, of our music. Yeah, they experimented, and I think they naturally knew that that was the lane they wanted to be in. Right. And then they stuck to it. They, cons- they proved over time that they were going to be responsible with 
using our sound to make a career off of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's what's given them their invitation to the cookout, which is, I feel like why people can listen to their music without feeling as if, oh, this is appropriate. It's way past that for them, I think. Um, and I would imagine, you know, Justin doing, coming back out of nowhere. It's like when artists go on hiatus, these indefinite hiatuses and then come back, you, there's one thing that you can lean on. It's leaning on the culture. Mm-hmm. You can lean on the culture and you can lean on its, uh, what's hot right now and to be sure to come back and you know, get right back into it. Especially when you've already got stain in the culture. Like exactly. Justin Bieber gave us journals. Justin Timberlake gave us uh, 2020 experience. Uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? Love sounds, future sex love sounds. Yeah, future like, sex love sounds. Justified. Yeah. So like they've, they've, they, they are people that have rapport already. They already have a rapport. It's, it's your, your cousin's white boyfriend that you see every so often. You, you know him. You know Richard, but, you know. He's, Richard. <laughs> you know Richard. Dale. Yeah, you know. Donald. They're, they're not, you're not uncomfortable around him. You right. know him. So it's like, oh, when he comes like, oh, what's up, Rich? How yeah. you doing? You know what I'm saying? I've seen you before. You've spent your time. You've had a few plates. You've taken home, you know, so. Right. That, that's the sort of thing that I think we're comfortable with these artists. But, yeah, it's like when you hear artists that have accents of the culture within their music, but then want to have be spokespeople about it and be so vocal about mm-hmm. what they don't like about it. I don't really vibe with that. Yeah. At Miley, at Billy, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, yeah. but anyways, good talk, man. Good talk. Um, so yeah, please share your thoughts with us on the difference between appropriation and experimentation, uh, hip hop and R and B's gradual reach into pop and pop reaching back, back into hip hop and R and B. Um, we, we want to hear your thoughts. We want to be dis- disagreed with. So let's hear it. Bulletin board. Uh, Lil, Lil Mazi, uh, February 28th at Webster Hall. Young Dolph and Key Glock will be performing March 6th at Sony Hall. Lupe Fiasco, the legendary Chicago rapper, presents Food and Liquor March 20th at Brooklyn Steel. Get your tickets. We will post the links. Uh, I know y'all be staying busy out there, but why not tell more people about staying busy on the busiest podcast ever? Send us an email at staybusypod at gmail.com or hit our DMs with what you want to promote next. It can be a show, panel, networking event. All approved promotions will be aired on our bulletin board segment. Start promoting so you can stay busy. Once again, thank you all for joining us. I am Armand Sadler. That is the EP, Mr. Circles, Mr. Major Stage, Mr. Future Grammy, Nick <laughs> Early. You already know. <laughs> With that said, y'all know y'all need to stay safe, stay humble, stay busy.